Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day today to all of our mothers and to our mom figures. Uh, we just honor and celebrate you here today. We are thankful to uh, be gathered for worship. And special welcome to those who are online. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. And uh, it is a very special Mother's Day for my wife, Jade, and I, as this is our first Mother's Day we are celebrating. We had our first little girl uh, who was born in February. This is little Ruby. Uh, and uh, she'll be here later on this morning. So if you stick around for donuts and coffee, you might get to see her and maybe even hold her. So, uh, But she is an absolute delight. Uh, as we're going to be talking about here today, uh, we are in a series called Just Emotions where we're looking at the many emotions that God gives us and seeing how they are given to us as a gift. And as I begin, I want to say that if you are at the Sullivan household on any given day, uh, there's no questioning what amount of emotion that you're going to experience. If you want to go to the next slide. Uh, on any given day, there's a lot going on. Sometimes we are happy, sometimes we are not, <laughs> sometimes we are spitting up, which means all the time, uh, and a lot of sleeping, so uh, you're all welcome over. Uh, it's going to be quite the experience. Uh, but before I begin here today, I, I want to just begin a little bit differently. Uh, we you know, had her about three months ago, and I just want to begin by saying this last three months has just been awesome. And my wife, Jade, and I have been reflecting on that together and wondering, you know, why, why has that been? Of course, it's because we have this brand new baby. Um, but to be completely honest, the huge reason why we feel incredibly blessed is because of you as a church. Uh, Jay and I have known that hope is our home for a long time, and yet uh, having a child has just amplified that feeling for us tenfold. Uh, you've been so kind to us. You've been generous to us. Uh, you've prayed for us. Uh, you have, every time I open up my office, I feel like there's a brand new card in there or a, a hand-knitted, uh, you know, blanket or whatever. And so just from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you. We just feel so loved and so welcomed here at Hope. So thank you with all of our heart. Uh, that being said, we're tired. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, feeling, we're feeling the weight of things a little bit, and, and that's actually what I want to talk about here this morning. Uh, we are in the series where we're looking at the emotions that God gives us, and today the emotion we're going to look at is the emotion of being tired. Uh, I think for a lot of us, this emotion is high up on the list because not only do all of us feel tired, but we all feel tired often. Think about it this way, even Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, he was fully God, but also fully man. He got tired. We look at Matthew chapter 8, if you remember the story of him walking on the water. Uh, before that happens, they're on the Sea of Galilee in this boat, and the wind and the waves begin to come, and all the disciples are beginning to freak out as to what's going to happen, what's, how are they going to be saved, and it says, all the while, Jesus is in the back, and he is sleeping. Fast forward to John chapter 4, this is the woman at the well. Uh, right before this passage, Jesus is going from uh, town to town, and it says, tired from his journey, he sits down by the well. And see, we see Jesus got tired. And what this tells us is that all the weight of the weariness and the exhaustion and the weakness that we feel in our everyday lives, he felt it too because he too was human. And yet what we're going to look at later on this morning is the great reality that even in his exhaustion, even in his deepest tiredness, even at his weakest moment, he did not sin. But rather he, in his weakest moment on that cross, bore our sin when his body was broken and his blood was shed. And so the question for us this morning is not, are you tired? We know that we're tired. But the question becomes, 
What does God say about that when inevitably we are tired? And how are we going to respond? And so let's begin to kind of look at what does God say about this. I think there's a lot of different things we're going to kind of pull from here this morning. Uh, let's begin at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth, all that there is. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, we see he creates the first human beings who are Adam and Eve, and they're walking in the garden, they're enjoying creation together. And then Genesis chapter 3, they disobey God, they eat the fruit on the tree, and all sin and all brokenness at that point enters into the world. And so as punishment for their sin, God casts them out of the garden and as one of the punishments, he gives them the task of working the field. He gives them for the first uh, time this job of work. And as part of work, they are going to, going to grow weary. They're going to get tired. And so this is part of the punishment, but at the same time, it's also an incredible gift of grace. Because not only is this punishment, but he gives them a responsibility now at this point to shepherd his creation, to care for his creation. That being said, being tired, although we don't always feel like it, is a gift. When you're tired, it's a sign that you've been pushing yourself. It's a sign that you've been using your gifts, using your own energy to benefit those around you, to add value to this world. You're using what he is called to actually give. You see, yes, we're called to work. This is a gift that God has given, and in reality, and with that, we're going to feel tired. But then there's a little bit more to the puzzle than just that. Uh, let's move to the next uh, book in the Bible. It's Exodus. Uh, a few weeks or even months back, we did a series on the Ten Commandments, if you were here for that. And without intending to be too repetitive, I want to remind us of one of the sermons that was preached uh, by Pastor Sarah. Uh, Pastor Sarah preached on the Third Commandment, which was to honor the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And uh, one of the things she did was she took us back to Mark chapter 2, verse 27, when in this passage, Jesus reminds us that we were not made for the Sabbath, but that the Sabbath was made for us, meaning that you and I were not, were not created just to uh, obey this law just for the sake of obeying this law, but God actually gave us the Sabbath as a gift so that we can actually experience his rest in an incredible way. Pastor Sarah just outlined it. I love how she worded it. She said, Sabbath, therefore, was not a suggestion, but it was meant to be an essential part of our lives. Let's take that even to the next step. Sabbath is not a suggestion. It's quite literally a command. I mean, it's one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Therefore, we need to work. Yes, this is an important part, and in that we're going to feel tired, but at the same time, we also need to rest. This is a biblical mandate that God gives for us. Because here's the reality of something that we see in our culture. One of the great myths, I think, that many of us believe is that rest equals laziness. I think a lot of us kind of buy into this idea that if we're not constantly doing something, if we're not constantly being productive, that we're being lazy. And although there may be times where if that's all we're doing is resting, that, that maybe this could be true, but as a general rule of thumb, when you look at scripture, rest does not appear to equal laziness, but it actually equals holiness. Did you know that sometimes the most God-honoring thing that we can do is to rest, to take a few steps back from our labor, our work, and just to allow God to restore us in our time off. Man, this is not something I, I want to stand up here and say that I've done perfect. In fact, I'd say that pastors are actually notorious for not resting well. 
My, my wife, Jade, she has an uncle. His name is Ricky. He's just an absolute goofball, and he's just got a heart of gold. Uh, we love him. Every time I see Ricky, he always pulls me to the side, and he says, you know, Ben, I thought about being a pastor once. And I go, oh, Ricky, you did? And he goes, yeah, you only have to work one day a week. And I'm just like... Thanks, Ricky, you know, and uh, of course he's joking because he knows that pastoring, you know, working in ministry, just like many other professions, uh, if we're not careful, the number of hours you work in a week can get to an unhealthy number of hours. Uh, And yet it just reminded me of a social media post that I had read uh, many years back that just nailed it when it said it this way. It's that we must never wear the number of hours we work in a week as a badge of honor. The number of hours we work every single week was never meant to be worn as a badge of honor to say, hey, look at me, I've worked 60 hours this week or I've worked 70, hey, I've worked 100 hours and and we're taking pride, we're kind of building ourselves up. You see, God's design was not that we would work, 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 work and never rest, but it's also not that we would rest, 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 rest and never work. There's gotta be a fine balance of that and that's the the goal of all this is that we're never gonna get there perfect but it's a continual work in progress and it's a continual area of growth for us to find this rest that God has intended. For me, I've been working with a spiritual mentor for the last two years to finally get to a point where I can fully take one day a week off for rest. And I think some of us maybe hear that and we're like, man, how could we ever? There's so many things, there's so many responsibilities. How could we ever get to that point? Uh, I would like to kind of help give some maybe helpful hope and, and encouragement and even some application uh, for us for that. Uh, there's uh, Pastor Stephen. He's another one of our youth pastors here at Hope. Uh, in our Deeply Rooted Pastor podcast uh, that we've been doing recently, I want to encourage you to check that out. Uh, he was talking about something in the Old Testament called the Day of Preparation. The day of preparation was the day before our Sabbath day that we would experience rest. And on the day of preparation, what we were called to do was to do all the things that we needed to do to finish our work week so that on our Sabbath we could completely take a full day off for rest. And so on the day of preparation, you do your grocery shopping, you finish the amount of work that you need to do, you clean your house. You exercise, you you do whatever it is so that when your Sabbath day comes, you can fully take your day and just rest in the Lord. For me personally, my day of preparation is Friday. I'm able to have that day. And then on Saturday is my Sabbath day where I just sleep in if I'm able to. Having a child, that's a lot harder to do. Um, But we're we're kind of figuring that out. Uh, Just wake up and I just spend time with my king. I just open up the Bible and just allow him to speak over me. It's just a day to pray, to just connect with him in an intentional way. My wife Jade and I will put on a pot of coffee and we'll just enjoy a cup of coffee together and just have conversation around our walk with Jesus. You know, Ruby, she's on the ground, we'll just play with her. We're just taking this intentional time just to allow him to restore us in our time off. You see, it's not that we're ever going to be perfect, but there is something to be said about taking one day off in a week where we can just allow that day to look a little bit different so that God can work in our heart. And you see, this is why this is important. We've kind of talked about the what, but what about the why? The reason this is so important is because if we do not intentionally prioritize rest in our lives, we will inevitably become more susceptible to falling into sin. If we do not prioritize rest in our lives, we will inevitably become more susceptible 
to falling into sin. One of the greatest questions I've been asked since becoming a father is what are the things that have surprised you being a dad? What is, you know, something that you didn't really expect? And there's been a lot of things that have surprised me, but I think the the biggest thing above anything else that surprised me about being a dad is I've become increasingly more aware of my own sinful nature. I feel like I'm a pretty calm individual. Any one of you who knows me, I'm pretty level-headed. But when I'm low on sleep... Uh, when I've maybe got up two, three, four, five plus times in the night, man, it's not so easy to remain calm. It's not so easy to honor the Lord in thought, word, and deed. It becomes a lot harder. Uh, and the only way I could really think to equate this was a, uh, an article I read a few years back. And what the article talked about was it equated, it said, driving when you're tired is the same thing. It's equivalent to driving while impaired. Think about that. Like, when you're driving impaired, it's saying it's just as destructive to drive when you're tired because you're losing your ability to have full control over your body. And so the message is, hey, if you're about to drive impaired, don't do it. You're going to not only hurt yourself, but you're going to hurt the other people around you. It's not going to lead to anything other than destruction. In that same way, if you're tired, what do you need to do? You've got to rest. You need to rest. We were not meant to continue to do 24-hour days, seven days a week, 51 weeks a year for 30, 40, 50 years. We are going to burn ourselves out. And I would even go as far as to say when you're burnt out, we cannot honor the Lord because we can't even think clearly. We can't function the way that he designed for us to function. We need to take a few steps back and rest. Because when we look at our culture around us, our culture is burnt out. I think Pastor Paul preached on it, uh, you know, within the last few months that we are experiencing rates of burnout that are higher than almost at any point in human history. We are in a culture that worships busyness. We constantly need to be doing something, and so we either respond in two ways. We don't rest, or we do rest, but we rest in shallow areas. We're on our phone, we're, we're you know, watching TV, which is okay, those are okay things to do, but we're not really restoring ourselves. We forget that true rest is not found in the absence of problems in this life. True rest is not even found in the abundance of pleasures, but true rest is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. Think about that true, authentic rest found in a person. See, the apostles, they knew this. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, outwardly we are wasting away, the Apostle Paul says. He knows this feeling of being drained in this life. But then look at how he turns the corner. He says, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Let me ask you this morning, what would it look like in your life if you didn't just experience rest maybe once or twice a year in a vacation? Those are wonderful, keep taking vacations, but what if it was not just vacations or even once a week with the Sabbath? But what could it look like in your life if you were able to rest in God daily? What would change in your life? What would need to change in your life for that to become a reality? You think, you know, I think some of us may struggle because we're like, man, I want to receive rest daily, but we just think of all the things, you know, I don't have time to rest. I think of a book that was written a few years back. I just love the name and the title. The book is titled, Too Busy Not to Pray. 
Think about that, too busy not to pray. I think so many of us feel too busy to rest, and that's where I would say, I think we're actually too busy not to rest. And so how are we supposed to do that? How, without just adding things to our plate, how do we experience daily rest? I want to give the final application here today. I have one more verse for us. We just heard it earlier. It's Psalm 55, verse 22. This is what King David said. He said, cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. I want to give us a little illustration here this morning. Uh, If you can see this, you can look up here. Otherwise, we'll have it up on the screen for you as well. I'm going to draw you up here. I'll give you a smiley face there. Now imagine all of us are holding a bag. We're all holding a bag, each and every one of us, every day of our life. And everything that's in your bag represents everything that you have going on in your life. So let's just put maybe some of the possible ones. Maybe for some of us, we have our job. Maybe we have family. We have friends that we're hanging out with. We have uh, different hobbies that we experience. Maybe some just daily duties, things that we need to take care of, maybe even hardships that we experience. Okay, the list could continue to go on and on. Uh, You can kind of test that this is true tonight. Uh, There's different seasons where maybe we have, you know, different items in our bag. Uh, But as a general rule, the older we get, the more items we get in our bag, the more things that we are responsible for, the more things we have going on in our life. And if you think about this idea, if you have a bag and continue to throw more and more in that bag, what's going to happen to the bag? It's going to get heavier. So not only are we all carrying a bag, but we're all carrying this weight everywhere we go. We feel this bag getting heavier. And so what we could do, and I think many of us maybe think this way, is we easily could add our relationship with Jesus to this bag, you know, and it's, in a sense, it's kind of nice because we got our faith life, we got our family life, our friendship life, we got our work life, and everything is kind of neatly compartmentalized. The only downside of thinking about this and, and having this as our frame of mind is that then the moment we do that, we begin to view our relationship with Jesus as another thing in our life. It's just an added weight. We begin to say things like, oh, I know I don't read my Bible as much as I should. Oh, I, you know, I know it's good for me. I, I should probably do that. Or, you know, prayer. Oh, yep, I haven't prayed much. I know I probably should. Or, you know, church. Yep, I, I kind of go. Sometimes I don't. I, I know it's, it's good for me. And, and we begin to view almost as all of this in the sense of it's a burden. Like, it's another thing we have to do. It's something that we're, we're feeling guilty because we're not doing enough. But here's the reality for us today. Jesus Christ didn't come to be a burden. He came to be a blessing. He didn't come to add weight to your plate. He came to take it away. Therefore, what if we began to reframe our mindset? What if instead of viewing Jesus as only part of our bag, what if we began to remember that he wants to take all of it? 
He doesn't just want to be a part of our life. He doesn't just want to be a part of our bag. He wants to have all of it. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus didn't come to give us an added weight. He came to take and to bear our weight upon his own shoulders. Therefore, what could it look like in our life if we began to view everything in our life through this lens? What would it look like if I invited Jesus into each and every one of these areas of my life? Let's go down the line. What would it look like if you invited Jesus into your life at work? Talked about Jesus with your coworkers if you prayed before a meeting. What about your family? Let's kind of divvy that out if you have a spouse. What does that look like to invite your relationship with Jesus with your spouse? Do you and your spouse talk about your relationship with Jesus? Do you have faith conversations? Does this impact your life? What about your kids? When your kids look at you, do they see Jesus as just a little part of your life? Or do they see Jesus as everything to you? What about your friendships? When you hang out with friends, I mean, I have friends who don't follow Jesus, but are you sharing the message of Jesus with your friends? The friends that you have who you are coming to church with, are you growing together with those friends? Are you having intentional fellowship? I mean, you continue to go down the line, hobbies, how am I inviting him in? These duties, hardships, all these areas, and pretty soon you recognize that Jesus is not just part of our lives, but he can become everything when we just invite him into those areas. And so as I close here this morning, I just wonder, what does this look like for you? If we want to experience daily rest, what could this look like for you? When you came in here today, you received a pencil. Uh, hopefully, if you didn't, you can raise your hand. We'll bring you a pencil. Uh, but I want to invite you to get that pencil out right now and to take your bulletin, if you have, and open up your bulletin. And in your bulletin, you're going to see a little diagram that looks very similar to this. And I just want to give you a few moments here, maybe two, three minutes, where we can just have some time and maybe write down some of those items in your list. Some of the areas of your life that are adding maybe a weight to your shoulders that maybe you just need to hand over to our Father in heaven this morning. And the promise is when we do that, he will sustain us. Let me pray for us and then we're gonna take some time. Father, we thank you this morning that you have come to give us rest. I pray, Lord, as we cast our cares on you today, that you would fill us with that Holy Spirit rest and remind us that you have already bore all of it when you died on that cross and rose again. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Amen. At this time, we'll just invite you to take two, three minutes. Donald will play some organ and we're just gonna have some time of reflection.